Stimulate Your Mind podcast. Thank you so much for coming back again. It's another Monday afternoon. You should probably get this episode on Monday afternoon. It's titled, Why You Can't Change Even Though You Really Want To. Before we continue, I just want to say thank you once again for listening. It's through you that this podcast is surprisingly or miraculously now showing up on the charts. We're showing up on the Apple podcast charts, on Spotify charts. We're in the top 100 mental health podcasts in the world. And that happened like three, four days ago. That was really amazing. And I'm so grateful that all of you have been able to listen and be able to share on your social media platforms. I guess that's how the algorithm works. Do me a little favor, by the way. If you're listening on Spotify, there's a rating button somewhere where you follow the podcast. You can just click the rating button and then give this podcast a rating. One, two, three, or four or five stars. If you have been blessed or it's been a really great podcast for you to listen to over the last couple of weeks. So give us a rating on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, whichever platform you're using to listen to the podcast. Please make sure you leave a review and a rating. If there's a rating on that platform, if it's Podbay, if it is Anchor, if it's Google Podcast, this podcast is available literally everywhere. So wherever you are, make sure you leave a rating. The most basic place to begin from is to define change. And that's where we actually start on this podcast. To change is to make someone or something different, to alter or to modify. Another explanation of change is to replace something with something else, especially something of the same kind that is newer or better. It's to substitute one thing for another. As a noun, change can be seen as an act or process through which something becomes different. Now let's skip to personal change. We all have different things in our lives that we want to change. It could be our eating habits, the color of our hair, our productivity, which we talked about last week. But change is hard. And that's because these things we want to change serve a really important purpose. Consciously, you may despise the behavior, but on a deeper level, the behavior you want to change is a protection. Or it's actually a pattern that helps you or helps you meet your needs. If all of us here were robots, change would be easy. Let's not lie. But because we are logical and emotional creatures, human beings, change is complicated. No matter how badly we logically want to change, we have to find the emotional balance in order to get it. Whatever it is in our lives or in my life that I want to change or modify, whether I know it or not, it's just part of a larger self-organized system that keeps us going every single day and that it keeps our lives going for us for better or for worse, it's a system or a pattern we know and we trust. Somehow, this behavior or this thing in our lives has helped us. And now it just hurts. And we are stuck. To understand more about change, I love to get us deep into the science of our brains and what it means to rewire our brains. This is from happybrainlife.com. The phrase rewire your brain and retain your brain are popping up everywhere these days. Man, it's not so hard to go around Instagram and find channels or profiles where people are sharing stuff about rewiring our brains. And we always wonder what that means. So to understand this concept, it helps to know a little neuroscience. There are about 100 billion neurons, those are nerve cells in our brains. And each neuron has thousands of connections. 
making our brains the most complex object in the known universe. Our brains are the command center of our body. Every physical and mental process involves the firing of thousands of neurons in a chain reaction. Our brains evolved to be efficient. Processes that are repeated frequently are memorized, so they don't require conscious thought. This happened with every physical and mental skill we have, from walking, to speaking, to reading, to writing. Literally everything we do involves memorized neural networks. Think about learning how to ride a bicycle or drive a car. At first, there was so much to pay attention to. The full focus was required. With repeated practice driving and bike riding, your brain memorized all these huge junks of processes and put those into background storage, all for you to draw on whenever you need to do all these activities. Now, when you ride a bike or drive a car, you don't have to think about every little process. Your brain knows how to do it automatically. There's a very famous quote by Donald Hebbs, who's a neuropsychologist. He said, neurons that fire together, wire together. This famous phrase means that anything we do repeatedly, including thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, gets wired into our brains. These patterns become well-worn paths that are very easy for the brain to travel down. And the more they're repeated, the more hardwired they become. This applies to physical skills, such as driving, which we've mentioned, riding a bicycle. And it also applies to patterns of thoughts and feelings. If we are thinking the same thoughts repeatedly, our brain wires those into long-term storage, so they're repeated on automatic. Maybe those thoughts are helpful, so it's great to have them on a continuous and conscious loop. But often, a lot of our thoughts are not helpful. Let's be honest. If we realize certain thought patterns aren't serving us, and we want to change them, we can rewire or retain our brain to think other thoughts instead. Our brains are constantly reorganizing and rewiring based on what we are doing, what we are thinking, and what we are feeling. Most of this rewiring is unconscious. We are just going about our lives and our brains are memorizing and putting into deep storage anything we are thinking, anything we are feeling, anything we are doing repeatedly. So if you want to develop new habits of thinking or feeling or behaviors, we can consciously rewire our brains. You might be hearing this and wondering, wow, it's so easy to rewire my brain. Like, it doesn't sound like a complex thing. It sounds so easy that I could do it just now and within one week or two weeks I should be done. And that's the number one red flag. Change isn't that easy. I'll explain to you through the process of addiction, through the book Dopamine Nation by Dr. Ann, who writes so many things about dopamine and addictions. She says that in addition to the discovery of dopamine, neuroscientists have determined that pleasure and pain are processed in overlapping brain regions and work through opponent process mechanism. Another way to put it together is that pleasure and pain work like a balance. Now imagine our brains contain a balance, a scale with a fulcrum in the center. When nothing is on the balance, it's level with the ground. When we experience pleasure, dopamine is released in our reward pathway and the balance tips on the side of pleasure. The more our balance tips and the faster it tips, the more pleasure we feel. Think of social media when you're scrolling through different things. Think of gaming, think of shopping, anything that brings you pleasure. That is exactly what's happening in our brains when we're experiencing pleasure. But here's the most important thing about the balance. This is the pain and pleasure balance in our lives. It wants to remain level, that is, equilibrium. It does not want to be tipped for very long to one side or the other. Basically, we shouldn't be feeling too much pleasure or always on pleasure. 
or always on pain. We shouldn't be living on so much pleasure, so much dopamine, stimulants every single day, overstimulation as I always mention. We should be on a balance in our lives or also not on the pain side. Not every morning, every evening, 24-7 on pain. Hence, every time the balance tips towards pleasure, powerful self-regulating mechanisms kick into action to bring it level again. So these mechanisms do not require conscious thought or an action of will. They just happen. It's just like a reflex. Now, once the balance is level, it keeps going, tipping an equal and opposite amount to the side of pain. And so we find ourselves playing around pain and pleasure, pain and pleasure. Eventually, we learn to what we say, we want something more than we actually like it. You find that if you're addicted to alcohol, you just want it more than you actually like it. Somebody who's addicted to smoking, eventually it was from pleasure and it's now landing on pain. The balance has been tipped. This person just wants alcohol all the time, even though they just don't like it anymore. We have so many behaviors around us. We have so many things in our lives that we find ourselves doing, but we actually don't like them. Now we understand why. There's a pleasure and pain balance that has tipped somewhere and it gets us to tolerance. We've all experienced craving in the aftermath of pleasure, whether it's reaching for a second potato chip or clicking the link for another round of video games. It's natural to want to create those good feelings or to try not to let them fade away. It's just very natural for us as human beings. The simple solution is to keep eating or keep playing video games or keep watching Netflix or to keep reading if you're addicted to reading novels. But there's a problem with that. With repeated exposure to the same similar pleasure stimulus, the initial deviation to the side of pleasure gets weaker and shorter, and the after-response to the side of pain gets stronger and longer, a process scientists call neuroadaptation. That is, with repetition, our gremlins get bigger, they get faster and numerous, and we need more of our drug of choice to get the same effect. Think of somebody who's addicted to cocaine. Think of somebody who's addicted to internet pornography. Needing more of a substance to feel pleasure or experiencing less pleasure at a given dose is called tolerance. Tolerance is an important factor in the development of addiction. With prolonged heavy drug use or different behavioral habits or addictions, the pain-pleasure balance eventually gets way to the side of pain. Our pleasure set points changes as our capacity to experience pleasure goes down and our vulnerability to pain goes up. You might think it as the gremlins come out of the pain side of the balance. Basically, in simple language, that's how people get addicted. When you have a pain-pleasure balance that is tilted to the side of pain, this is what people who relapse go through. This is what drives actually people to relapse. Even after sustained periods of abstinence, you'll find that people have tried for three years or you've gone clean from alcohol for three good years or four years or five years, but just one encounter with alcohol and they relapse. So you can think about your life. If there's something you're trying to get away from and you find yourself relapsing or going back to or something that you're trying to change as we're talking about today and you just find it so hard to think of pleasure pain as i've mentioned when our balance is tilted to the pain side we crave our drug just to feel normal and that's what we call a level balance 
Now you realize that it's so hard to change. It's not easy to improve on a certain area of your life that you feel vulnerable to. It's not easy to change, but it's possible. Bad habits expose us to suffering that is entirely avoidable. Unfortunately, breaking bad habits is difficult because they are 100% dependent on our mental and emotional state. When you look back to the pleasure and pain balance and dopamine, you realize that it's all in our minds. You realize that it's all in our brains. Change doesn't start on the outside. It starts on the inside. Anything that we do that can prove harmful to us is a bad habit. Drinking, drugs, smoking, procrastination, poor communication. They're all examples of bad habits. We think bad habits are just drinking or smoking. No, these habits have negative effects on our physical, mental, and emotional health. We human beings are hardwired to respond to stimuli and to expect a consequence of any action. This is how we acquire habits. The brain expects to be rewarded a certain way under a certain circumstance. How you initially responded to a certain stimuli is how your brain will always remind you to behave when the same stimuli are experienced. And so we get used to that. So when we get to places in our lives when we say we want to change, we realize and we try to change actually, eventually realize that it's not that easy. It's not easy to just wake up in the morning and say, I really will change and to actually change. That's why the podcast title today is Why You Can't Change Even Though You Really Want To. All of us want to improve certain areas of our lives. We want to change the way we live. We want to change things in our lives that we feel are bad habits, not really healthy habits. But even though we really want to, it becomes so hard and the science around it can prove it as i've told you listen if you visited a bar close to your office with colleagues every friday your brain will learn to send you a signal to stop there even when you are alone and eventually not just fridays dopamine again comes in your brain will now expect the reward of a drink after work every single day which can potentially lead to a drinking problem addiction kicking out negative behavior patterns and steering clear of them requires a lot of willpower and there are many reasons why breaking bad habits or changing, as we always say in our modern era, is so difficult. So why is it so difficult to change? It's because breaking bad habits is not possible if the person who has it is not aware that it is a bad one. Many of us will not realize that our communication skills are poor or that we are procrastinating and it's affecting us negatively or even that the drink we're taking every single evening isn't good for us. There's something special about awareness. It brings acceptance. Unless I realize on my own that a habit is bad or someone manages to convince me of the same, there's very little chance that I will actually kick out the habit. Another reason why it's so difficult to change on the inside is because we have really zero motivation to actually do it. Going through a divorce, not being able to cope with academic pressure and falling into debt are instances that can bring a profound sense of failure within people. There are so many reasons why we feel really down. We lack so much motivation to do all these things. And it's because, look around us, our whole economy is depressed. We're trying so hard in school. We're trying so hard in our businesses. We're doing so much, yet maybe every single day we're getting little out of everything. A person going through difficult seasons, grief, going through a season of hopelessness, it's easy for them to fall into a negative thinking cycle you might think the world is against you and nothing you will do will ever ever help you so we stop trying altogether. but i've realized that 
the main reason why it's so hard to change, especially from bad habits, is because bad habits make us feel good. I mean it. They make us feel good. Don't forget the pain and pleasure balance. Never forget that. We just want pleasure. We're in a society so overstimulated, we want more every single day. We've all been there. The craving for a tub of ice cream after a breakup or a casual drug on a joint. We succumb to the craving for the pleasure felt while indulging in it. And that cements everything into habits. They configure us into who we really are, even though they just aren't good for us. This episode might sound so dark and hopeless for you who's trying to change something in your life. You might feel like, ah, oh, there's just no hope for me. But there is so much hope. Neuroplasticity or neuroscience will tell you that the brain can actually change. It tells you that there's hope. There is so much hope around us about changing. Once we are aware of the things around us that we need to change, once we identify them and understand the purpose of the behaviors that we are in, and also understand that change will be very difficult, extremely difficult. We can now set ourselves into journeys to changing from this kind of addictions, looking for help if we actually need help from people around us. But then again, there are so many things that we can do through these journeys of trying to change from this habits or that habit. It might be difficult, might be extreme. There's always physical or mental effects of trying to rewire your brain. I think we'll talk about rewiring our brains in another episode but now that we know we can actually rewire our brains from what they were we can like pull our brains back to their original states maybe the first thing we can do or remember is to change only one thing at a time if you're looking to change any area of our lives well we need to keep them on one area especially if what we're looking to rework is a major part of our current life Trying to change many things all at once can be a setup, can be a setup for exhaustion and defeat. So maybe just look at one thing in your life that you need to change and then go for it. Don't go for two, don't go for three, don't go for four. Just change one habit at a time. Once you're doing well from that, then you can focus on another one. But the most important thing again is to identify why you want to really change. Everyone always wants to brush over this step. But I suggest that you think it through a bit more. Think of why you want to change. Think of the life that you want to live or where you want to go. Think of the addiction that you're in. And then think of what your life would be without it. If there's a habit that you want to change from, then think of your life without it. The things that you can accomplish without this addiction or without this habit that you're in. Or without the place that you are in right now. This will provide you with the space to look at why you're actually making this commitment to begin this difficult process of change. And so when this journey becomes overwhelming, you'll have a place to go back to, to reflect on, a place to remind you of why you're actually doing this. So identify why you really want to change. It's really important to do so. The third thing that you can do, and I've mentioned it so many times on this podcast today, is to actually understand how this behavior or this thing that you're trying to change from serves you. Again, whatever thing we're trying to change from, whether we believe it or not, they do in fact serve a purpose for us. If you're addicted to just watching Netflix all day long or all weekend long, it serves a purpose in your life. There's a reason why you're actually on Netflix too much. There's a reason why you're drinking all the time. There's a reason why you are doing what you do. There's a reason why you are in that 
addiction or in that behavior this can be difficult to believe as it's hard to imagine that an unwanted behavior could actually help us in some way keep in mind that helping you does not mean it's good for you it means it's helping you survive day to day understanding how this behaviors work will help us understand the experience during the process of change and the discomfort that will come through this process and apart from taking everything step by step step by step please sit with the discomfort this is so important when you're feeling discomfort during this season of change try not to run away from it so quickly see if you can let yourself feel the discomfort and try to understand what it is that is so intolerance we all don't like discomfort and it just doesn't feel good but quite often when we let ourselves fully experience our difficult feelings or emotions we can learn some way important things about ourselves that help us to change so please never run away from the discomfort yes as i've mentioned the name discomfort is just discomforting it's sad it's depressing but it's really important and then the most important thing again everything is important though please don't put time limits don't put a time limit for change we never put time limits on healing healing is a journey and even change is a journey if you're trying to dry your brain or get clean from alcohol or cocaine or any drug or any behavioral addiction then just don't ever put a time limit on it it might seem sensible to do so but we just can't keep putting time limits on everything we're in an overstimulated society we want results here and now well true lasting change usually happens slowly over time trying to rush this process will make us do extreme things to get them let change happen at a pace that feels right to you and it will eventually no matter how hard it will become i didn't start this podcast to tell you that it's going to be easy well even jesus didn't tell us that life here on this planet was going to be easy for us change is hard it's difficult but there's hope that change is possible and that's enough it's enough to know that eventually if i just put my mind on it if i focus if i'm aware if i accept that i'm really drowning in something and i need to change then it's possible to change but is change really easy it's not it's going to take some time that's why you don't need to put any time limit on it we need to take baby steps every single day we need to sit in the discomfort however much we don't like discomfort we need to understand how the behaviors we are running away from servers and we need to keep going every single day if we're going to unstimulate our minds today then it means we have to understand that we are overstimulated and that it's possible to get back to the normal balance it's possible to run away and be free thank you for listening to unstimulate your mind podcast thank you for being here thank you for leaving a review because i actually told you to do so at the beginning of the podcast as i wait to see you next week please also follow us on instagram and stimulate your mind is the page a really wonderful community that is started there so many people on our stories every single day so that's amazing if you've been following us or following our stuff there on instagram it's the only page that i kind of do have although i have a personal handle which i i'm going to target but if you follow and stimulate your mind would really do all of us good also make sure you follow the podcast on any platform that you are listening from and most importantly this is to say thank you so much for allowing me to be on your ears every single monday afternoon and 
for putting this podcast on the charts. It's really amazing. Even though there's a pressure that comes with it, I'm so glad that we have a podcast on the top 100 charts. All right, I'll see you next week. Bye.